Hey everybody, welcome to the Amazon Book Club. This week, it's our 20th episode and we're celebrating in style. We're going analog, reading a full set of Choose Your Own Adventure books. Uh, we're still going to skip around, but only as instructed. My name is Austin Hanna. I'm Ganesh Sarma. Hey, I'm Shane Burklow. And this is a big one, folks. This is the 20th episode. Oh, oh, oh! 2-0, the big 20, which in podcast terms is like the 8,000th episode. We did it! We did it! This is 19 more than I thought we would do. If this podcast was a human, it still would not be able to drink. It would be 20 years old. It's pretty easy to do the math. But it still would drink. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, our yeah. podcast is a bad boy. Uh, anyway, this week to celebrate our 20th episode, we are doing something a little different, a little special. We're breaking all the rules. Yeah, bear with us. We here. made the rules and we broke them because, like I said, we're this 20. Po- this podcast for bad boys. Uh, we're reading a choose your own adventure book, a real one, a real book. It's a real physical book. Hear, hear me flip the pages. That's it. That's nothing it. else. That's that the was- whole book. Uh, so uh, surely you're familiar with the choose your own adventure book, right? Everybody. It's the yes. best genre. Usually in my experience, they were goosebumps books, but yeah. Ganesh managed choose to find your own scare. I believe Ganesh was. managed to find the only like knockoff Costco brand. No, no. These are the original books. <laughs> this is the original. These are the, oh, I don't know. Maybe you're telling me RL ripped off uh, this book. Yeah, this series was first. Puzzle oh. literature. Wow. This is the original what? Choose Your Own Adventure oh, You guys series. know a lot about this. I, I used to read a lot of them. We didn't talk about this prior to recording. I'm making all this up. Oh, I'm not. I, I read these books all the time. Ganesh would never admit to lying about anything. Uh, so but this is the truth. Okay, so this week we're reading a Choose Your Own Adventure book called... <clears throat> hold on. The Lost Jewels of Nabuti. Ooh, yeah, that's right. I love it. If you thought all the jewels of Nabuti were accounted for, but you, got, you got another thing coming. <laughs> and we're going to find them uh, or die trying. Yeah, that's right. Well, that's the other thing about <laughs> Choose Your Own Adventure books. It's the only kid's book where you die most of the time you read it. Yeah. Um. So I'm looking forward to that. Uh, this book is by a uh, person named R.A. Montgomery. Mr. Montgomery. Mr. Montgomery. Mr. Muddy Montgomery. So let's uh let's jump into it, right? I don't we I we haven't really determined how we're gonna format this podcast. Usually what we do is we jump from quarter to quarter until we reach the end of the book, totaling five pages. But, but I think not in the special episode. No, I think no, we're gonna no, read no. the whole thing, right? We're gonna read the whole well, we're gonna read it as far as we choose. But that also means no breaks, no musical breaks. Well, each time we like We'll die. I'm, yeah. I'm assuming we'll die very soon. Okay, so here's the thing. We have four of these books. When we die, are we switching books? No. Or should we just go back and choose the other? Yeah, we should talk about like our bad choice. Yeah. I kind of feel like when we die, we die for real. Do you want to play hardball? I want to play. You want to go through all four of these books? No, I just let's feel it Let's out. just make all good right, choices we'll and live and beat the book. We make the rules. We're the bad boys. We can yeah. win. We can beat the book. All 
All right, let's uh, let's just jump. Let's yeah, just jump gonna... right in here. Let's jump into the first page. I mean, this is new territory for us. I don't know how to host the show where there's no format. Let's just read and see what happens. I'll start with there's a disclaimer. Oh, let's start with that. Too scary. Beware and warning. Ooh, I told you this book is different from other books. You and you alone are in charge of what happens in this story. Fucking finally. Yes. There are dentures and consequences. You must use all of your numerous talents and much of your enormous intelligence. Oh, man. <laughs> oh. We're going to crush this. The wrong decision could end in disaster, Uh-oh. even death. Oh, no. oh, shit. But don't despair at any time. You can go back and make another choice, alter the path of your story, and change its result. Oh, that's allowed? We have the power of God. I thought that once you died, you had to throw the book away. Burn it. No. Yeah. You no, no. are about to embark on a search with your cousins, Peter and Lucy. Oh, I don't have any cousins named Peter or Lucy. Really? Not even back uh, in India? I got Ritesh, Rajesh, Vignesh. Plug in your own names if you'd like. Jewels with powers almost beyond human imagining. Well, like Avengers. Have disappeared (laughs) from a museum show in Paris. Ah, Paris. (laughs) Or did the jewels ever even make it out of Africa? And oh, what does your uncle have to do with it? Blood diamonds, huh? Yeah. It's time to buckle down to some good old-fashioned detective work, but watch your back. Ooh, we're going to die so quick. I love it. I want to die. I want to die. I want to fucking die. Okay. Kill me. Page one. Yeah. Halfway through your summer vacation, you get an urgent telegram from your cousins, Peter and Lucy. Ooh, telegram. What are they up to? Need your help finding the jewels of Nabuti. Fly to Boston at once, see? Bring passport. Danger. Be careful. Peter and Lucy. After reading the telegram several times. Great telegram voice. (laughs) You are still puzzled. You remember the jewels. Who could forget them? Ah, yeah. Beautiful jewels. Two diamonds shone like the sun's reflection off a glacier. And the two rubies were like the eyes of a jungle creature at night. Mm, Beautiful. Peter's father had bought them from a trader in Morocco many years ago. Okay. okay, so these are some hot jewels. Peter, Peter's father is a major player in the uh, jewel smuggling game. Yeah, he's running like. traffic. That's right. The trader had been nervous about the sale, but also anxious to get rid of the jewels. Oh, I bet. But they're haunted. Yeah. Spooky. Spooky jewels. Spooky jewels. Two days later, Peter's father had returned to the Casbah <laughs> to ask for more about ask more about the jewels, only to find the stall closed. Man, so many times the word jewels has appeared. It's a great word. It rolls off the mouth. Jewels. Jewels. A small sign announced the sad and unfortunate death of a stall owner, Mr. Abdul Saeed. Hey, this sounds like somebody you might know. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so Peter's and what's his name? You know what? I do, actually. All right. That same day, he received a letter at his hotel demanding the return of the jewels. The letter warned him that his life was in danger if he did not return them. He ignored the letter, but he always hinted about the strange and mysterious powers the stones held. Wait, this is a good moment to just let the reader know that there, every other page has a large illustration on it. This book is in very large writing, and there's many pictures. That's great. That's yeah. perfect for us. I wish we could... Uh, As an audio medium. I wish we could show the audience the pictures, but alas, that technology has not yet been created. It's called Instagram. We'll take a we'll take a picture of this and put it on our Instagram. Our brand new Instagram. Follow us. AMG and Book Club. Yeah. Peter and Lucy tell you the uh-huh. jewels have been stolen from a museum show in Paris. Or don't. You don't have to follow us. It's not that good. What can you do to help your cousins find them? You pack your bags and leave your house in New Orleans. Ooh. New Orleans. Fly to Boston. I, I believe they call it Nolans. You glance over your shoulder, nervously searching for followers. <laughs> Peter and Lucy meet you at the airport. 
All right. Well, yeah, I don't like to be followed. We don't have much time. I do. Peter announces. If you agree <laughs> to help, take the plane to Paris tomorrow afternoon. From, from Paris, you'll fly to Morocco. You'll have to hurry. Jeez. He's talking about me? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, us, we're the meat, right? Yeah, we're all well, collective hive mind of the main character. Cool. But Peter, you complain. That's our voice. Does it ever specify what our name is, or that's just us? It's, it's you. Us. Oh, sweet. It's us, three adult men. And this is what we sound like. <laughs> I don't understand what this is all about. You will when you read this letter. Here, it reads, <laughs> The jewels and the booty are four keys to the hidden wisdom and wealth of a secret African tribe. Those who have the jewels either enjoy health and fame, or they suffer agony beyond belief. I think we should just get, when we get the jewels, we should give them back to the tribe. No, I'd like to suffer agony beyond belief. Okay. I already do every day. Can I choose that? Is that part of the, I, I'd like the, is that part of the That's, things I can choose? If we die. Yeah. yeah the current do. owners of the jewels must guard against their being lost or stolen. They must wait to hand them over to the appointed messengers of Nabuti. Lost of the jewels. Lost of the jewels could mean death. Uh, you were puzzled by the letter. Peter and Lucy try to reassure you, but the truth is that their lives have been threatened if they continue to search for the jewels. Peter and Lucy, don't worry about it. They yeah. have asked you to search for the jewels because you are unknown to the thieves. You will be <laughs> relatively safe, as safe as anyone on the trail of the jewels of Nabuti. This is the original Choose Your Adventure. This is so convoluted. If you agree to go on tomorrow's plane for Paris, go on to the next page. If you demand more time, information, and extra help, turn to page nine. We are, uh, I'm speaking for all of us, we would <laughs> never ask for more information. That's true. Let's get on the plane. All right, I've been overruled. No, you, would you, want, you want more of information? Of course you want more information. If I had the choice, I would say go back home and ignore this problem. <laughs> yeah, well. But fine. All right, if I, have to choose, choice. if I have to choose one of these, let's get on the plane. Couldn't I just take the diamonds? We, where are we going? On them? We don't even know where we're going. We're going to Paris. Oh, Paris. All right, let's, let's jump ahead. We, let's get do on. it. We're going to Paris. We decided. Oh. We immediately crash into the ocean. What happens here? <laughs> Bad choice. <laughs> Fasten your seatbelts. Uh, put your seat backs in an upright position. Uh, turn off all electronic devices. Uh, flight 231 for Paris is not ready for takeoff. Oh, I, I think that you, we're on the plane. You know, what I, you know what I do on planes? What's I that? don't turn my stuff off. No? No. no. Do you? No. No. You know what I do is I take a shit immediately. Really? On the yeah. plane? Before it even takes off? Mark my territory. That's my bathroom now. You go in, <laughs> beeline back to the Yeah, bathroom. I say, get out of my way. Got to go to the fucking bathroom. <laughs> and then you're the guy while everyone else is getting on the plane, fighting the opposite way up the yeah. aisle. See, that's the secret of airplanes is you can buy any seat you want, but if you get the bathroom first, that's your seat. You get <laughs> yeah. a private room, man. Yeah. All the way. That's how that works. Yeah. And you can shit the whole time. The flight attendants. <laughs> the whole time. Yeah. The flight attendant explains about emergency procedures. But you listen with only half an ear. Yada, yada, yada. You know what? Then <laughs> it'd be funny if it was like the Virgin TV or like the video safety rules. Have you seen that? No. It's like this like hot music video, definitely made in like 2007. Wow. And they're like dancing around. I like that. That sounds like a fun uh, distraction from crashing. It's know, fun. And it's really weird. Uh, but I believe this book was written in 1982. Is that right, Ganesh? Yeah. Wow. 1982. This is pre. This is they had big bulky VCRs and yeah, there those seats back then. The flight attendant explains. Uh, you can smoke a cigarette. You listen with only half an ear. And then, blow it in a baby's face. Then there is the roar of the jet engines as the plane rushes down the runway and leaps into the air. Oh, damn. Turning away from the small plane window, you notice that the person sitting next to you is doodling on a pad. Long, narrow fingers grasp the gold pen tightly. Ew. They are bloodless white. 
What is creepier still is they have no nails. You sneak a closer look at his face and see eyes that reflect no light. A thin mouth showing no lines at the corners. What? Who let this guy on the closely shaven jaw? (laughs) This is pre 9-11. Anybody could get on a plane back then. Uh, This guy sounds awful. Why did we get stuck with this guy? Worst seatmate ever. Jesus. A mustache hides a scar that runs from the nostril to the corner of the mouth. You look down and see the scribbles on the pad are diamond shaped. They seem to spell out the word Nabuti. <laughs> Wait, this shit. guy spelled out Nabuti with diamond shaped symbols? Yeah, that's a cool drawing. Before takeoff? Yeah. <laughs> Damn. A shiver of fear races through you. This cannot be coincidence. Of course not. Sir. <laughs> yeah. Of course it's not. Sir, are you going to get the jewels too? Oh, this guy also is just thinking about diamonds and Nabuti. The person next to you certainly knows who you are. He, too, must be looking for the missing jewels. Man. Fatigue overcomes your fear, and you fall into a troubled sleep. When you awaken, you are over the English Channel descending towards Paris. It does sound like me, just to get really tired instead of reacting to anything. I just saw a sickly white man with no nails, and I just fell asleep. Yeah, I got the vapors, and I had to just... Took a a nap. Faint. Caught some disease. What is that? Would you care to share a taxi in the Paris, my friend? Oh, is that him? It is the man next to you. I kind of want to do it. Yeah. You started. Uh, you start at his words as though a knife were tickling the back of your neck. Why? I, I don't know. Is Where that, are you going? Is that us? Yeah. yeah. Oh, shit. We suck. <laughs> is that what I said we sound like? Yeah. yeah. I feel like I changed it. That's a little what, bit. You made it worse. That is what we sound but like. But it's fine. We we just woke up on a plane. You yeah. sound like this, actually. That's the same. We're cranky. It is a pretty lame way to delay your answer, but you need to do some fast thinking. The stranger fixes you with an eerie stare and says, We are searching for the same thing. I need your help and you need mine. You have a sudden vision of a strange man beckoning you into his taxi. A sudden vision? It's not just him? Whoa. Well, there's a drawing uh, that is a of strange, the man. That is a strange He's very man. weird looking. Yeah, well, he has nails. And I certainly wouldn't so. join that man in a taxi, but, but well, hey, would we, our character here? If you accept his offer for the cab ride, oh. turn to page eight. If you make excuses and refuse his help, turn to page 12. Hey, oh. ride share didn't exist. You got to take what you get. Yeah. So you're, you're saying go with it. What do you think, Annie? Well, I want to hear y'all. There'll be a deciding vote. Unless both of you are saying go. So it sounds like if you're the deciding vote, you don't want to go. I I scary. Yeah, this guy's weird as shit. Yeah, are we a kid or are we like we're a big, strong, brawny man? Okay, we're bad boys. We wouldn't go. Uh, would we go? I don't trust some fucking stranger. All right, let's not go. Let's not. All right, we'll figure it out. I didn't even. I mean, we jumped on a plane. Do you want to go? Do you want to go? Do you not want to? You don't want to go. Hey, honestly, I I could go. (laughs) I could go. (laughs) If you guys are going, I'll go. Yeah, you know what. Let, no, let, looks like we're you want to go? Let's go. Oh All right, we're we gotta go with car. this guy. Yeah, you're on the same flight. I mean, yeah, he was right. nice while we slept. He got a ticket. He was drawing. You don't know time. that. You don't know if he was nice when you slept. <laughs> it's true. We don't. A row of taxis meet you at the entrance to the airport. You and your strange companion jump in one. Wait, and- now we bail. No, <laughs> <laughs> no go back. Go back. <laughs> and roar, roar off to the center of Paris. The ride is fast and dangerous. Your driver doesn't seem to think that there are any rules to the road. Mm. Then you are standing on the sidewalk in front of a small cafe. Your companion motions to a waiter inside and tells you, One moment, all is ready. Wow, you are creepy. Yeah, this is... This is I'm scared. 
The waiter scurries away only to return a minute later with two glasses and a note asking you to meet a man named Molotawa at the table in the back of the restaurant. He is our contact here in Paris. Is he buying? Listen to what he says. Getting apps? But be careful. Is he getting... That's right. Oh, man. I'm only in if we can order potato skins. (laughs) Watch the doors. I don't think they have potato skins in Paris. Yeah, it's called uh, skins a la frite. (laughs) (laughs) Watch the doors and windows our enemies are about. Oh, I think it's good we went with this guy. Yeah, he can protect us or something. If you take a seat on the left near the door, turn to page 16. If you sit with your back to the wall, turn to page 18. I mean, oh. definitely got to sit with the back of the wall, yeah. right? I yeah. mean, that seems obvious. That's the me. safest spot. Yeah. <clears throat> back to the wall? What's the other one? Back to the wall. So you seat on the left near the door. Oh. Back to the wall. I don't want anybody sneaking up on me. Yeah, that's true. But on the left of the door, you have an easy escape. Yeah, but you also have an entrance. I'm trying your, to enemies, think, your enemies look, are about you know who it, sickly friends. You know who had their back to the wall? I don't know if spoilers or not. But Tony Soprano... The season finale of Sopranos. I don't know if this is spoilers or not. He did. Well, the show was on 15 years ago. I'm just saying. I don't know. If, you know, I don't want to spoil it for you guys. I think that scene was in his head. I think that was a dream. No. Think about it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Done. Ganesha's changed his mind. All right. So are we going to sit against the wall or take the uh, door seat? I think we should sit against the wall. I'm sticking to my gun. Okay, I could go for the wall. You know, uh, I yeah, can. You gotta be more decisive. You're just no, I know. I'm just saying. We can, let him commandeer this. We can make it to the door, even if we're near the wall. It's fine. We're not gonna run out all of this right, place. All right, fine. We're my enemies are about. I do not want them sneaking up and touching my We'd ra- shoulder. I'd rather be safe than have a quick exit. Yeah. You can make an exit. Yeah. You might just have to bust a few heads. You yeah, know, you do I mean? a little Irish goodbye. A tall black man, wearing a button-down shirt, enters the room. He looks like an athlete. Is that Michael Jordan? And he quickly takes a seat at a round table. It is Molotawa. <gasps> the one and all. How do you know? He yeah, be- really? <laughs> just, we're just guessing here? Well, he begins to clean his fingernails with a sharp, long-bladed knife. Oh. Everyone's got fingernail issues. At the, at the restaurant? And he does. Yeah, that seems unsanitary. Yeah, that guy doesn't even have fingernails. He's rubbing that guy's nose in it. That's right. Take a look at these bad boys. I get to clean them with my pokey knife. But you wish you could pick stuff with these nails. You don't even have nails, you little bitch. And he does not even look up when you slip into the seat next to him. You survey the room. Any one of the customers could mean trouble for you. You must be prepared to make a quick escape. Oh. Your friend from the airplane has disappeared. Oh, Where shit. did he go? Oh, shit. Oh, this is a setup, isn't it? Molo Tawa speaks. I am from the Nabuti group. We believe in world peace, knowledge, and wisdom, Sweet. and the end to all wars. Yeah, me too. We are an ancient group, and we have fought long and hard for our goal of peace. The jewels, when in place, give us a special power to stop people who oppose peace. Do you understand? Yeah, I'm in. Yeah, I'm with that him now. That sounds great. I'm you with this guy. Sold. Puzzle over what he says, but just when you're about to speak, someone at a nearby table jumps to his feet and lunges forward. Oh. There is a knife in his hand. Oh, Fuck! What are we going to do? If you race to the nearest exit, which we would have been close to if we <laughs> sat by the door. <laughs> Oh, turn Lord. to page 27. If you grab a chair to defend yourself, turn to page 29. We gotta grab the chair, right? Are we? Yeah, I, yeah. Think, we're, I think we're defending yeah. ourselves. Okay. Oh man, if we die here. <laughs> no, we can we can uh, ward off a guy with a knife. Old Ganesh over here. We would die running to the door. Come on. Don't, if you, if you see that we die, don't spoil it for us. Just let us get there. 
The man falls on his face, choking on a piece of meat. <laughs> oh, oh, hell yeah. We just rocked that guy. Yeah, this guy just got Mrs. Doubtfired. The knife in his <laughs> hand rattles harmlessly on the floor. He struggles for air, his face getting redder by the second. Oh, yeah, put the boot on his throat. Finish him. Two waiters rush up. One grabs him around the middle of the chest with both arms, gives a violent squeeze, and his windpipe is cleared of the stake. Oh. He just heimlicked him, so he's going to kill us now? The no. man begins to breathe. The excitement is over for the moment. You are safe for now, but you're oh, embarrassed. He, he was just choking like an idiot. We, but we just picked up a chair. Yeah, but it would be even funnier if we ran away. Yeah, <laughs> well, he would have died. But you're embarrassed standing there holding the chair like a lion tamer. Fortunately, no one is looking at you. Ah, good. How is no one looking? Because the other guy's choking to death if in the you, middle of the floor. If, if you saw somebody pick up a chair and block someone from hitting them with a knife, everyone would be looking. I'd certainly take a peek. You sit down again, and to your surprise, a stranger is sitting next to Molotawa. Ooh. He is about to speak to you. Okay. What are you flipping around for? The stranger is an old man with kind eyes. What happened? He smiles. Did you jump ahead? It said to jump to page. Uh, oh, because they're not in order. Oh, there's no decision making. Yeah. We have been trained to reach you for several weeks now. Allow me to introduce myself. I am Jean-Pierre Borel, and I come from Morocco. I believe that you want these. Yeah, give me the jewels. Give me Mr. Jewels. Borel takes your hand and puts four small paper wrap packets in your palm. You stare at them, not knowing quite what to do. Then you open one. Wow, there it is, a huge diamond. Ooh, baby. A ruby, another ruby, and the fourth, the other diamond. Borel sits still, smiling at you. You speak. But, I mean, where did they come from? How did you get them? Why are you giving them to me? Mr. Burrell holds up his hand as if to stop you. Then he answers, My friend, questions are not always necessary except the gift. Do what you must do. You don't know what to say. There are the jewels in your hand. The search is over. Wow. Is that it? Wow. Or maybe it's just begun. Okay. The end. That's the end? Whoa. What? Man, we just breezed through We just that. fucking beat that book? Yeah. Like Did no we? Like nobody's business. We got the jewels, idiot. Dude, we got the jewels. We got the jewels. Holy shit. All right. I feel pretty good about that. Yeah. All right. That was easy. We just had to go to a nice dinner. Well, we saw a guy choke. That's yeah, not too fun. That's all right. But then he, he it was the there's a little comic relief when he uh, ended yeah. up being okay. He's like, I'm a fine. <laughs> and, then, uh, and then we got the jewels. God damn. That yeah. was satisfying. Holy shit. Now what do we do with the jewels? Wow, we made Aren't it. Aren't our cousins well. in trouble? Yeah, fuck the cousins. These are our jewels now. Yeah, these are my jewels. What about that guy's whole like thing about using the jewels for peace? Don't ask too many questions. Jeff. What do we do with them? I, God only knows. Smoke them? Yeah. <laughs> if you got them. <laughs> Grind these down? Uh, man, all right. Well, good. We won. Uh, one down. Should we do another book? Yes. Good lord. All right. We're, uh, we're back. We're going to do another in the series of R.A. Montgomery's Choose Your Own Adventures. Uh, this one is called Space and Beyond. What else you got for us, Mr. Montgomery? Mr. Montgomery. Mr. Montgomery. What could you ever presuppose? Mr. Montgomery, please. Uh, All right. Like, yeah. What's the book? About? So, okay. So, <laughs> this one's called Space and Beyond. Uh, Great. There's also a. There's a dinosaur, oh, there's a dinosaur on, the on the front cover. Well, that would, the and a spaceship. That would be the Beyond. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The spaceship um, is the space. I'm not going to read the warning again. It's the same warning. The same warning. Oh, but there's okay. That's a little bit different. Lazy Reader, beware! You're in for a mystery. So the first couple of paragraphs are the same. Then it goes. Uh, first, you must choose the planet of your birth. 
The choice you make will determine a major part of your future. You get to choose what planet we're born on. Uh, Try to choose wisely. (laughs) I know that one. As they say in a galaxy, in another galaxy, not too far from this one, Glebe Fogo. Wow. Fuck, what? Shoot me to death with a gun. Excuse you, sir. Um... Uh, all right, let's jump in. Let's see what happens. Well, we have to pick our planet. Well, that comes while we wait. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> we're, not, we're not just freeballing it right before well, the book. I'm just going to say up from the start, I like Earth. I know it. Yeah. I'm rooting for Earth. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to one-up you. I'm from the sun. That's not a planet, you goon. Right? It's, hey, that's where I'm from. All right. You are born on a spaceship traveling between galaxies on a dangerous wow. research mission. Neither one. The crew of the spaceship includes people from five different galaxies. Your parents are not from the same galaxy. Whoa, interbreeding. But both have features common to those found on the planet Earth in the Milky Way. Oh, I know that. Yeah, that's familiar to me. I know those features. Yeah, yeah. Because you have been born in deep space, you must choose the galaxy and planet of your citizenship. Okay. You're just like a fucking baby choosing citizenship? Yeah. yeah. yeah it's I'm like, Captain Baby. It's like a video game. The spaceship is traveling at 62 times the speed of light. You reach the Earth age of 18 years old in just three days and two hours. By this time, you'll be dead in like five days. <laughs> yeah, who cares what planet I'm from? Now Woo! you must choose the planet Kenda in the galaxy of Pintum or the planet Croyd in the galaxy of Ufos. Oh boy, that second one does, does not roll off the tongue. Croyd. Those are the two options. Croyd from Ufos and Kenda from Pintum. Boy, oh boy. The mission commander demands your decision. I gotta be honest, I kind of feel like I'm a Croyd. Ah, but Kenda is, <laughs> Kenda is three times the size of the planet Earth. The star that provides some of its life-giving force is huge but ancient. Right. There is fear that it is losing its force. Okay. Kenda has a history filled with trouble. I don't want to be from there. Kenda's a bad place. Yeah. It's going to die. Croyd is in the galaxy Ufos, far distant from the Milky Way. This galaxy has black holes and supernova stars. Cool. It has always been regarded as an uncertain region by observers and spacecraft crews. Ooh, the unknown. It is a difficult area and the black holes are uncharted and dangerous. I get it. Reports from previous space probes say that Croyd <laughs> has had a dim and troubled past. Oh. The reports also prophesy a bright and exciting future. Oh, I like that. You know, I got to go Croyd because I love this, their seltzer. Yeah. Uh, both of these. Goodness. Uh, both of these planets sound like they're on the wrong side of the tracks, but I guess I'll have to go with Croyd. I like Croyd. I'm a Croyd boy. Croyd? Yeah. Well, how do you feel, Ganesh? Doesn't Croyd. Ma- doesn't Croyd up. We've overruled. We are Croyd guys. Croyd! What a name! Is <laughs> that what it says? <laughs> yeah. Wow. You I'm- can't resist this planet and its unknown past. When the mission commander mentioned the hope of for a bright future, you decided that you must go there. It turns out that it is the home of your mother. Oh, turns out, huh? Hey, she embraces good. you, wishes you luck, and gives you a small metal object on a chain. Ah, bullet. Perhaps this will help you. Just as you were about to go for your final briefing, a young member of the flight crew rushes up and says, Let me go with you. You will need my help. Sure. But you don't know him well. But you have always found him warm and helpful. His name is Murma. <laughs> I can trust Murma. Yeah. His broad smile makes you feel happy about the adventures that lie ahead. Weird. Of course he can come. Nobody's smiles ever made me feel happy. Give me a, your biggest smile, Give and then a... I'll either be friends with you or I will run away. Let me see those pearly whites, Murma. He the head has, of... He just has muddy gums. Ooh. <laughs> it's deep space for you. The head of research warns you about Sunpo, a giant star 12 times the size of Earth's sun. Don't fly into that. Sun-thee is in its path. 
and its enormous gravitational pull could be dangerous. The head of research also cautions you about the black holes and supernovas. He tells you that if you want to delay your departure and go through the Space Academy, it may make your chances of success better. Do we uh, delay our departure to study at the Space Academy, or do we just dash off to Croyd? I think we should delay. The last you one we delay? I don't know. The last one we jumped, we ran off and just immediately went after it. And yeah, it, but to I be don't honest, it succeeded. Be, I don't want to be saddled with all like the student loans. Oh, <laughs> fair it enough. Sounds like we have a free ride. <laughs> oh, we do. Oh, then we gotta get our education. Yeah, it's important to get your diploma from Space College. Uh, is that what we're doing? We're doing it. Okay, let's see what happens. Hesitating, you ask what other types of instructions will be given to you. So far, you have learned flight procedures, navigation languages, weapons, and planning. It's a good idea to get as much information as possible, but you ask the head of research how you will know when you've learned enough. Self-knowledge. It's everything you have learned now and in the past. You have, but yeah, there are Southerners in space too. This guy's a teacher? You have, but to realize it. Spend some time now, then go. Mr. Uh, R.A. Montgomery writes himself into every book. That's right. I'm R.A. Montgomery. All right, I'll do as you suggest, but how long will it take? That's us. Whoa. That's, that's us? Yeah, yeah, we're from man. Croyd. That's right. That is a Croyd accent. You may either attend Space Academy courses on board, or you may study with me. He says... If you decide to attend the Space Academy, turn to page 19. If you choose to explore the knowledge within yourself, turn to page 20. One thing. Didn't we already attend Space Academy? How much more can I take? I want to look inward. This is like a master's program. Oh, I see. Do you okay. want to do that? No, that's a waste of money and time. You want to explore the knowledge within yourself? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, we're smart. We went to school. I'm smarter than everybody. I'm smarter than some dumbass Southern space cowboy. It, said we knows, it says we know weapons. It uh, says we know weapons. We no, know weapons no, the over second, there. Second option is basically the this guy is trading us solo. Just oh, solo session, cool. mano a mano. Oh, Master damn, private lessons. Hell yeah, he's like my like Yoda. Yoda. He's like our Yoda. Oh, you're go Sith. You're a bad guy. I forgot. Well, well, yeah. Okay, so let's uh, yeah, I let's look inward. Let's train with our uh, creepy coach. The name of the head of research is Foos. Foos. Beautiful. It's a family name. Love your sport. Foosball. He tells you that there's an infinity of knowledge stored within all living things from countless past experiences. It sounds crazy, <laughs> but then you just can't tell. Is Sorry. Foos, does, is Foos drinking yeah. on the job? Yes. He's an alcoholic. You wonder if you really can call on experiences from past lives. Are there flashes of memory locked in your cells? Are the dreams you have of places you've never been? I don't know. Things you've never done? Memory for an adventure. People you do not know? Actually, experiences from a past life bubbling up within you, looking for a way out? Maybe dreams are a real thing? Jesus. Foos speaks. Remember, my friend, all travel in space accomplishes little. We end where we begin. Parallel lines cross. Time is not real. Try to make the past the present. Wow. So nothing matters. Very cool. It's you a, feel, this is a nihilist space colony. <laughs> you feel uncomfortable with these heavy thoughts, especially when he talks about parallel lines crossing in space. What does infinity mean anyway? Oh boy, the big questions. We can experiment with the past. Can we? The past is not lost. It's just changed into a different form. You uh, mean like the present? Uh, and then perhaps the future. You spend days calling on past experiences. It's like a big dream machine. Damn, this sounds trippy. You are doing well. Would you like to give it a try? 
I imagine, I imagine this what? being like the the Willy Wonka scene where they're floating in the machine because of the burp. Yeah, that's what I think is happening. <laughs> what do you mean? Is that us? You ask, yeah. Oh, yeah. Cool. Oh, boy. You can either travel into past time 125 million Earth years ago, Why? the age of dinosaurs. Why would I do that? And wander around there, or you can just give it a chance and wander into an unknown past. Which Why? is it? Why do I have to do either one of these? So either specifically dinosaurs or just any anything, past. any kind of past. The, the other past could be just a lava pool. You just what if it's in. Nazi Germany? All right. So we, you want to go back in time? Oh, I think wait. I take my chances in Nazi Germany versus dinosaurs. What? Uh, that's I a wouldn't. Good, that's a, <laughs> oh yeah, you probably wouldn't. But I you, think you I'd get fucking, away. No, nah, they'd kill blonde me. hair and well, yeah, you, you'll you'll get by. I would not. Do I'd well. probably do better mm, there you, than I'm you, doing here. You might do okay. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, I think, that, me. I, think, sure. I think that's a legit question. Would you rather go to Nazi Germany or literal dinosaur? Uh, dinosaurs, because then at least I'd see a fucking dinosaur before I die. I so. guess, but it, you can escape Nazi Germany. Yeah, okay. Wow. All right. What's yeah, that? Your privilege is showing, Austin. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you can escape. Hey, all right. I could. You don't even have to hide. That's right. I might be doing the looking. Well, I am part dinosaur. <laughs> All right, so we're gonna be what are we doing? All right, we're going. I'm I'm making an executive decision. We're going back to the dinosaurs. This, right. this got rough. Sorry, everybody. It would be funny if the other choice did lead you to like Germany, 1939. I gotta get out of here. Well, this isn't too good. Earth was one of the planets, and the time period of the dinosaurs always fascinated you. The Cretaceous period, when Tyrannosaurus Rex lived, was a difficult but fascinating time. Suddenly you were there. <laughs> difficult, <laughs> yeah. I'd say. Difficult, difficult for... time back when uh, massive reptiles were roaming the earth. They're reptiles, right? Birds. Oh. No, they're reptiles. Aren't they? they? Yeah. Suddenly you were there in a world without any human creatures. You are shocked to see that you have become a velociraptor. Oh, shit. Whoa, very, upgrade. Very, <laughs> very small in comparison to the Tyrannosaurus Rex. And a prey to his voracious appetite. Yeah, but we're way smarter and faster. Yeah, yeah and we run in packs. And in JP1, we basically go toe-to-toe. JP? JP. One. JP Morgan? That's right. Hiding behind some lush vegetation, you are frightened and hungry, but you don't dare move. Any movement in this world could end in a sudden and violent death. This book took a turn. You hear a scuttling sound and a small... Protoceratops rushes by. Saying, we gotta eat it. That's right. Can we eat it? Whoa, this dinosaur talks? Hell yeah. It's all clear now. T-Rex and that awful Taborosaurus have gone off to quarrel by themselves. See? Maybe it will give us a break. You cautiously peer out. This little guy's a wise From guy, the huh? bushes <laughs> and plants. He's a, real, then, he's a real crack up. Then step gingerly away from your protective shelter. You gain a vantage point to watch Tyrannosaurus and Taborosaurus Locked in a bloody fight, you are horrified as their sharp teeth and powerful arms and legs tear at each other. T-Rex's arms, ha, powerful? I don't think no so. No way. I'd win an arm wrestling match. Could a human win an arm wrestling match with a T-Rex? That's a great question. Man. And a- the answer is yes. There is a terrible howling roar of pain, then a crunching sound as Rex succeeds in biting off the head of his enemy. Oh, Damn. shit. <laughs> Ouch. Then goner. he turns his attention to the surrounding area and spots you. Uh oh. Crazed with bloodlust, he races toward you. He just ate a head. Damn. You had better get out while you can. Isn't that enough for you, man? You wildly hit some buttons on the time travel meter you carry in your claw. Oh, fuck. 
Yeah, how the fuck Raptor's indie. got a little meter in his claw. Right. Am I wearing like a little outfit? Too? Yeah, you got a little space pants on. I got my little hat. <laughs> yeah, that's right. My like goggles. My like tail sleeve. If you hit the erase button, turn to page 57. If you hit the time return button, turn to page 62. What is Wait, erase? We do? can just erase that T Rex? Or Fuck we can. Yeah. Well, it's kind of vague as to what it's erasing. I want to erase. You want to erase? No way, dude. Time return. You want a time return? It's on Shane. Uh, let's erase that little loser. Yeah. Show him who's boss. Yeah. You flee just in time to escape the brute. However, the erase button you hit doesn't really lead to anywhere or any time. Oh, well, good. Thanks for putting that on there. You radio for help and direction. <laughs> yeah. Suddenly, you're back in a space spot headed for Kenda. Oh, no. It's the beginning all over again. You can't stand it. God damn it. Back at the beginning. What? Oh, oh we erased the time. And basically now it puts us on Kenda. So it's like we oh. never went to Croyd in the fucking first place. I'm actually oh, okay shit. with that. Okay. I'm glad to see both planets. We're seeing both. I'm still Croyd but at do heart. do we remember? I'm a Croyd boy. Kenda is visible on the galaxy scanner. Now that you have chosen, your parents announce that Kenda is your father's home. Oh, perfect. Well, that's great. The crew of the spaceship carefully prepares a space pod for the journey to Kenda. Seating yourself at the controls and positioning the programmed flight path, you disengage from the mothership and drift off into space. Once in space, you're propelled by gravity generators. Something is wrong. Uh Uh-oh. You look at the scanner and see a nebula that is not supposed to be on your course. Suddenly, the gases and particles of the nebula surround you. Your gravity generators and life support systems might fail. The radiation counter interrupts the silence of space flight with harsh bleeps and crackles of warning of dangerous radiation levels. Uh-oh. Oh, this doesn't look good for us. Yikes. We can try to return to the mothership, or we can trust your instinct and go ahead. Oh, I trust my instinct always. You, you want to forge through all those gases and particles? You're goddamn right I do. Well, what about you, Ganesh? Yeah. Sure, I'm let's do anybody. it. We're fucking tough. We were just a velociraptor. Yeah. We might still be a velociraptor. <laughs> you never know where that tail sleeve still is. <laughs> Our little hat. <clears throat> Heavy meteor showers interfere with your complex navigation system. The interference is so intense that all communication systems fail. You hurtle through space looking out through your, the portholes, amazed at the sights around you. Hmm. Space. Well, you gotta take in the beautiful space. Ah, the vacuum of space. But your space pod begins to tumble and the world spins in a maze of colors and shapes. Damn. Your speed is so great that you should get through the shower soon, perhaps even soon enough to correct the navigational problems. Okay. On the other hand, maybe it is dangerous to rely on chance to help you get out of this fix. Wouldn't it be better and safer to radio for help? The laser radio will probably get through. Do we wait and hope? To get through to the sh- get through the shower, or do we decide to radio for help? Hmm. Let's let Shane make the first decision. Okay, you've been a follower, not a leader, in this book, and I like right. you to make a call here. We're not going to ask for help. Mm. We're going to leave it to chance because we can make it through. You know what? Let's go with Shane. Yeah, let's do that. Why wait? You feel that you will make it through. You're goddamn right, you I will. Push the advance button. Push it. Your seatbelt and shoulder harnesses even tighter and push on. I put my little velociraptor claw around the lever <laughs> and I pulled down. The bouncing and rocking is severe. There is a popping sound. Oh, my bones. <laughs> the space pod is Those flung eyes? <laughs> out of the meteor shower and into a transit zone. Oh, the transit shit. zone is a space highway designed for commercial use by transports. I would love to ride the space highway. An amazing variety of spaceships are following different laser beam highways. I bet it looks, just took you there. I bet it looks like Rainbow Road from uh, from uh, Mario, Mario Kart. Kart. One can only hope. Well, we're on this awesome road now. Hell yeah, the highway to Kenba. 
We're on the Howard Kimber. A transit zone patrol craft hovers near you and signals you to follow it. Are we getting pulled over? What's happening? Jesus. All these rules. The traveler's information desk at the patrol station has some possible partners for your travel. I'm just a little raptor. <laughs> there is a, from Earth. There is a space cavern caravan that might stop in Kenda. Caravans are like gypsies and they stop where the mood takes them. There is also a band of traveling space circus performers. They may have a gig in Kenda and three Svorzits. There's gypsies in space. Uh, what's a Svorzit? You ask. <laughs> Nice a Sforzit is equal to nine Earth days. They answer. A Sforzit? Trusting feelings work sometimes, but this situation is too dangerous. It's probably going to be embarrassing to ask for help so soon after starting out. You notice the palms of your hands and see the drops of sweat on them and their unusual whiteness. Oh, first con- confirmation that we are, again, human. Yeah. No question about it. You are scared with good reason. Why wouldn't be? Why wouldn't be? Why wouldn't be? Space pod, transgalactic mission to planet Kenda, interrupted by meteor shower. System now, three quarters inoperative. Coordinate Z2380 F9212 X2922. That's my password. No, fuck, re- no fucking way it's that long. <laughs> yeah. Wow, it is. <laughs> Time <laughs> reference, outer zone 2L. Request immediate aid. Repeat, request immediate aid. Your voice feels small and hollow as it echoes in the pilot's compartment of the pod. You are so alone. (laughs) Bam. Is that at the end? No. Do you try? Do (laughs) we try the emergency booster engine to give us power to move forward in the direction of a faint radio signal? Ooh. We're on the space highway. Yeah. I thought the guy was just like, oh, there's some uh, circus guys. Yeah. Don't we have like our, our breaker breaker? I'm on the highway, folks. Yeah, our space CB radio. That's right. You get your ears on. Do you know how you pick a CB name? Uh, just you just make it up. Yes, yeah, no, and this is true. Okay. I think you know it's what? I think it's like your middle name and then the uh, street that you grew up on. No, <laughs> no, no. What is no, it? No. <laughs> Don't ask me how I know this. Okay, but it is the color of your car. Oh, and then your favorite animal. Oh, how do you know that? Oh, because my dad had a CB radio. Oh, I knew that. Whoa. And his CB, his call name was Gray Fox. Damn. Wow, that's so cool. Oh, man, your oh, dad rules. Fuck. Wait, going off the cars that you guys had, what would it be? Oh, man. Can you switch? We don't have I had that anymore. same car. So, Gray, what? Was it that Gray Buick? Fox Jr. No, Fox it's an Oldsmobile. Oldsmobile. Gray Fox II. I also had an Oldsmobile. Weird. Weird. Uh, what, what about you, Shane? I had a blue car. Yeah. So I would be blue mosquito. Mosquito's your favorite no, animal. I'm just <laughs> joking around, guys. What is it though? Blue bear. Blue bear. <laughs> uh, I would be blue baby. Baby? I like babies. <laughs> your car wasn't blue. It was. Was it? It was bluish, blue gray, bluish, blue gray, blue baby. gray baby. <laughs> hey, whatever. As long as the baby's there. All right, so what are we doing here, guys? We're doing the emergency booster uh, engine to move towards the power the radio signal, or do we use the power to increase our radio transmission? Aye, aye, aye. Both of these seem boring. Uh, hmm. I think that we should boost it to the radio signal. Yeah. Wait, let's... what was the second one? Sorry, say it again. Second one was increase our radio transmission. So we could then talk to the radio signal. That seems smarter, but I don't like to be smart in this situation. Yeah, I think we should. I so we're trying to either get, we're either going to pick up signals or <clears throat> we're going to get bounce our signal out to many other people. But we would be using all our power. 
No, let's zoom. Let's zoom, let's dude. Let's hightail it out to the, the... That's an option? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Get, let's get the zoom. fuck out. We're going to zoom on out of here. What luck. Whew. You are suddenly drawn by a tractor beam into the receiving bay of a giant mobile research station. What luck indeed. That always turns out well. RS3 UGB. It is under command of the universe governing body, and you are warmly welcomed by all aboard. Damn, sweet. They immediately repair your spacecraft. One of them speaks. Hell yeah. You guys got continental breakfast? We are headed for the planet Axel. It is a mercy mission. Axel has been infected by a strange disease for which the Axilians have no cure. Yuck. Perhaps you shouldn't risk coming with us. It's up to you. I'm good. The research station could become infected, but that is the risk the scientists and doctors aboard are willing to take. What a dilemma. Out of the radar oven and into the laser beam. Uh, do you want to go on to the axle with them, or do we want to continue on our journey to Kenda? Well, yeah, I don't want to be put to work. No. I want to get to where I'm going. They literally just asked us if we want to go to an infected planet or just keep going on our way. Let's keep going. I don't want to yeah. go. That with sounds this leper colony. Yeah, I don't want to work for the government. Fuck that. Fuck that shit. You assess the dangers of traveling to a planet infected with a strange disease. No thanks. You decide that you are not equipped to handle the problems. <laughs> yeah, Fair not enough. mentally equipped. Uh, I make that. I make that decision frequently in my regular life. <laughs> I'm sorry, Commander. Uh, I, I don't want to go. <laughs> uh, I can't risk getting infected and spreading this disease to other planets. I understand your reluctance to join us, and I commend you, commend you for your courage in admitting your fear and concern. Why, thank you. We will do what we can to help you on your way. Good luck. Well, that's pretty smooth. Gleeb Fogo. Oh. Gleeb Fogo to you, sir. Your space pod is now repaired and outfitted for the journey. You are catapulted away from the research station, returning to the black void, spinning, spinning into the comfort of energy, tirelessness, and endlessness of space. Woohoo! Man, we're fucking killing this, man. This is a great one. Wham! What? Oh, no. No shit. way. We're uh, dead. Uh-oh. You're in the midst, midst of laser beam shots. God Your optical it. scanner shows 11 spacecrafts. Four bear the design of Lodzat. Oh, shit. And six have the look of Marley Mar- <laughs> about them. Oh, Marley, like the dog? Yeah. He's a shit. And his he spirit died. lives on in the, the vacuum of space. The, co- oh. the cosmos. And he runs a gang. Damn. Of pirates. The 11th ship seems to be a universe governing body police craft. Whammo. <laughs> oh, the fucking cops are on us? Oh, pigs. The laser beam space pigs. Oink, oink. Slip lore, boink, boink. I smell space bacon, baby. The laser beam hits the universe governing body police ship. It explodes into a million. Oh, the police are dead. Hell yeah. Blew up the cops? Fuck you, cop. It explodes into a million bright shining patterns, but one of the Lodzot ships breaks off to investigate you. Come to a complete stop. Deactivate laser cannon. Identify yourself. These are the cops, too? It is the Lodzot ship commander. Okay, okay. Keep your hat on. I'm friendly. Hey, so finally some proof that there are hats. Friendship <laughs> yeah. comes in many forms. We have heard those words before. Will you join us against our enemy? Fuck yeah. Wait, what's your enemy? Cops. cops. I don't trust the cops. Space cops. Okay, this is a weird one. If you don't join them in their fight, you are vaporized and it is the end. Oh. Or you can join them and turn to page 77. I suppose I'll join. If you when you put it that way. Hmm. That's, a, that's an offer we can't refuse. Yeah, it truly really is. <laughs> 
gonna get a, a space pig head in your bed. Yeah, oh, let's join him. We it. already turned into a dinosaur. What I else? I don't care anyway. Do? Yeah, fuck it. This is I'm ready to die. Living life a mile an hour. So you join them, but you feel forced into conflict that apparently has no meaning. Yeah, well, that's life. They can't tell you why they are fighting. They were ordered to, so they do it. It makes no sense. Ah, it sounds like the U.S. Army. Ooh, we hot takes. Right? The other ships have created the, a defensive formation and sends out a radio call for a truce. Oh. You offer to be the negotiator. Damn, very yeah, forward. Right. Yeah, I'll join you. I just oh, met yeah. you guys, but I can, can I negotiate that. the peace treaty? There is a mumbled conversation between spaceship captains, and then they say, tell us why we should negotiate. What's the use in fighting? You all get killed. No one wins. We'll talk it over. <laughs> Damn, never thought about it that way. If you stay on as negotiator, turn to page 105. If you make a run for it, turn to page 104. I'm liking negotiating. Yeah. I feel like I'm in the We're spreading position. diplomacy That's around right. the universe. Also, we're really just like straight up commandeering the situation. Yeah. We're the alpha. Yeah, this is crazy. No one really wants to fight. Too many have been killed already. You negotiate a peace between the opposing forces. They are all that's left of a great armada of spaceships who have been fighting for more than 3,000 galactic years. Damn, dude. They are the last survivors. They have even forgotten the original cause of war. Man, fucking easy peasy. Yes. Save the universe? Yeah. Fuck yeah. And we were a velociraptor a while ago. Yeah, that's pretty cool. That was a crazy book. That was great. Look at that. We're two for two. That was good. We cannot die. We cannot. Yeah. Um, so... Do you want to make it lucky number three? Should we go for a third? We got it. There's we four it. books in this set. All right, but what's it going to be? There's four books we're only going to do. We're going to do four. What's it going to be? Is it going to be Abominable Snowman or what's the other one? Journey into the Sea? Are we agreeing that this is the last one or are we doing all four? Uh, let's just do Let's Let's see how this last one goes. Okay. Journey under the Sea or the Abom Abominable Snowman? We got to go Snowman. Snowman. All right. That was great. If you're still hanging around, then I'm glad you enjoyed it. Yeah, God bless. Uh, we're gonna do one more choose your own adventure here in celebration of our 20th episode, two zero, the big 20. Uh, and uh, this one I believe is called the Abominable Snowman, yet again by R. A. Montgomery. You know him. You love him. R. A. Baby. It's the Abominable Snowman. <laughs> yeah, R. A. stands for really awesome. So let's jump in and uh, let's see what R. A. has got in store for us. Wait, first off, what's the Abominable Snowman story? He's just a big uh, ape guy. He's a, yeah, he's like a Bigfoot. Oh, you're yeah. talking about a general, not yeah. even in this. Just like cannon. the general lore. He's like Bigfoot, but in the snow. Okay. Yeah. Peaceful? No. Don't know. I just want to point out that all the reviews that are in this uh, on the front, the first page of this book. Or by kids ages 9 to 11. Yeah, but the funny thing is those kids are all like 40 now. Uh, <laughs> jokes on them. Jokes on them. Your life probably sucks now, and ours will too. So let's get into it. Let's uh, do what's the uh, read us the little 
a bit after the warning. You and your best friend Carlos have traveled to Nepal in search of the fabled Yeti. Oh, yeah. Last year, while the two of you were mountain climbing in South America, a guide told you about the legendary creature. <laughs> a guy <laughs> or a guide? Guy. You say guide? And you haven't stopped <laughs> thinking about the Yeti since. Just the guy. the guy. Choose your own word. Carlos arrived and went straight into the mountains when a Yeti sighting was reported. He hasn't been heard from in three days. Oh, he's dead, dude. A late monsoon storm has moved in and the mountains are almost impassable. You know Carlos will depend on you to do the right thing. <laughs> the first choice. But what is it? Abandon Carlos. <laughs> that would, go home. That's what I would do. Yeah. Again, all of my books would end right before they start because it would just be like, leave, go, get out, don't do this. But when we do get thrown into the action, we're really successful. Yeah, we're We good. beat both those books. We're a good team. Can we go three for three? Can we bat a thousand on this one? You are a mountain climber. I got No, you. I'm not. I, I am. I am too. Yeah. Three years ago, you spent the summer at a climbing school in the mountains of Colorado. Your instructor said that you had natural skills as a climber. Mm. You made rapid progress, and by the end of summer, you were leading difficult rock and ice climbs. Damn. That summer, you became close friends with a boy named Carlos. The two of you made a good climbing team. You mean Carlos? Say that again. Carlos. The two of you made a good climbing team. Last year, you and he were chosen to join an international team. Well, so we the tear shit up. The expedition made it to the top of two unclimbed peaks in South America. Yo, Lois, we're about to tear this mountain up. Yo, bro, about to rip this fucking shit. Mm. One night on that expedition, the group was seated around the cook tent at the base camp. The expedition leader, Franz, told stories of climbing in the Himalayas, the highest mountains in the world. Damn. Hans. Hans, you got the stories. I got oh, the skills. Nice. It's got a map of the Hill Himalaya Mountains. <laughs> That's just all those all look like mountains to me. Yeah. It looks like the Paramount Movies logo over and over. <laughs> <laughs> the Himalayas form a great natural wall between India and China. Good riddance. With Nepal tucked in amid the peaks. Ooh. Good riddance to what? Everest, K2, and Annapurna are the best-known mountains in the Himalayas. Oh, I climb those. These and many other peaks have been climbed. Still, others lie in remote areas where few humans have gone. There, said Franz, in the high valleys beneath the snowfield lives the Yeti, sometimes called the Abominable Snowman. Mm, Yeti is way easier to say. The Yeti is said to be a huge beast, Franz tells you, perhaps a cross between a gorilla and human. People cannot agree what it is. Hmm. Is the Yeti dangerous? Carlos asked. Franz shrugged. Some say it is. Other people say the Yeti is very gentle. <laughs> Have you ever seen one? Whoa, sensual. <laughs> Carlos inquired. It's a, it's a, a good lover. No, almost no one has. The best proof of the Yeti's existence is a set of very large footprints discovered in the 1950s by a British expedition. No one has ever photographed one that I have heard, Franz answers. But the stories still persist. You and Carlos decided then and there to find the Yeti. You returned to South America. The two of you raised money for, from the International Foundation for Research into Strange Phenomena. Your goal, proof positive that Yeti exists. Yeah, you will yeah. find and photograph the Yeti. It's, as, it's that easy to get a grant to go to South America? Yeah, we're really uh, good schmoozers. Yeah, man. Things. We're going to ch chase this imaginary fucking thing. Yeah, Give I'm us gonna, some money, please. I'm going to kill it and eat it. Everyone's like, oh, you, the two best climbers in the world? If you found the oh, Yeti, yeah, we'll give you the money. If you found the Yeti, would you eat it? Would you kill it and eat it? If it let us. 
I would try to make friends with it. Nah. I bet he's got some stories. I want to stew. Maybe that's a choice that we'll run into. This is what brings you to Kathmandu, the capital of Nepal. Nepal. Yes. Yeah. <coughs> Uh-oh. <coughs> You're the Kathmandu. Kathmandon. <sighs> Your problems, though, have already begun. Two days ago, Carlos left by... Sorry. Carlos left by helicopter to look over the terrain near Mount Everest. The helicopter returned without him. Hey, I lost him. He fell. I don't know. (laughs) Whatever. Good luck. They don't pay me to keep people in the helicopter. I just fly there and back. (laughs) The pilot told you that Carlos decided to stay up at the Everest base camp to check out a report that a Yeti had been seen. He had a radio transmitter, but you have received no word from him. The weather turned bad and radio communication was interrupted. You have an appointment to speak with R.N. Runel. (laughs) excuse me the director of expeditions and mountain research and authority on the yeti he knows of your plans you need his help with the official permits for the expedition if there's an authority on the yeti why are we looking for it he will also have good advice and information but what about carlos you gotta help our bud i I actually no we don't have to you know why because he's a good climber too he can climb down he, he flew to base camp without me yeah. yeah, he left us in the first place. Yeah, what's he trying to get all the fame? I'm going home. We want the fame. I want do the we fame. Want I'll it, kill for it. Do you want to cancel our meeting with Runal and search for Carlos? Or do you feel that Carlos is okay and you want to go ahead and meet with this Runal character? Fuck Carlos. We're meeting with Runal. Yeah, Carlos's ego took him to a dangerous place. I frankly hope Carlos is frozen to death. This is your closest friend, man. Yeah, well, not anymore. Now he's you- my worst enemy. You walk down a street bordered by tall pines. There are green blue and the branches and needles are very fine and delicate. I'm sorry. This is in the mountains. Did yeah. You, did you jump to the right page? We're not in the mountains, dude. Weren't we? He felt. Oh, we're just like nearby. Yeah. We're like at the lo- base of the mountain. Carlos is at like the top. Oh, okay. All right. Cool. Not I, the top, but like near the you top. Know, near the top where the Yeti is. Yeah. Sort of. Yeti town, USA. Hanging from the upper branches are what look like huge, tear-shaped, blackish-brown fruit. You stop and look up, wondering what they are. Then one moves, spreads giant wings, and flaps off. They are bats! <laughs> oh, no! The largest bats you've ever seen! Oh, boy. You reach the foreign ministry, and you were shown to a waiting room. You wait a few minutes, and then are ushered in to meet R.N. Runel. There he is, the Director man. of Expeditions and Mountain Research for the Nepalese government. He's beautiful. Welcome to our country. We wish you success, but I have some bad news. Carlos, he's dead. The expedition you have proposed could be very dangerous. You look at him not knowing what to expect. The helicopter stays at base camp and you and Runel <laughs> descend on foot along a narrow rocky path below the snow line into a pine forest. So we're teaming up with beautiful Runel. Mm. It takes many hours of careful walking. A handsome man. The trail suddenly becomes very steep and one side falls off more than a thousand meters to a river gorge. Don't go down there. You come to a small stone house with a thatched roof. An old woman sits in the sunlight by the door. (laughs) Oh, that's just the old lady who lives near the collapsing ice bridge. (laughs) Can you tell us if any climbers came by here? My friend is about five foot nine, medium build. Uh, He's got dark hair. Runel translates your description into Nepali. The woman nods and says two men came by. The younger one left a note. Oh, with her. Yeah, what'd it say? It says, uh, don't follow. Wait at base camp, Carlos. Hey, I can follow instructions. Carlos wants all the glory. Yeah, he's a- Runel turns to you with a puzzled look on his face. 
famed seeker. Carlos is your friend, but if it were up to me, I would ignore his message. But you know him better. <laughs> what now? What do you think? Do we obey the message and climb back up to the base camp and wait? Or do we ignore the message and decide to look for Carlos? I've started to change my mind. I think we should look for Carlos, not because I'm worried about Carlos, but because I want to find the fucking Yeti and I don't want Carlos to get the credit. I just typically just do the opposite of what someone tells me to do. Yeah, so it's follow true, you let's, do. Let's, let's, That is very true. Uh, let's follow him. You want to follow Carlos? Let's Try to follow find, that little yeah. sabotage him. Is that an option? It's going to be like you immediately trip and fall into the ravine. Ah, well, you have died. I'd be okay with that. Carlos may be in trouble. A we must well find lived. him. Runel nods in agreement and he gives the woman two copper coins. Wow, thanks. For Dick. your trouble. She smiles at him. It's like Chuck E. Cheese money. She smiles at him and speaks rapidly in Nepali. Then she shuffles into the house. You and Runel remain outside next to the small garden where squash lie ripening. Yum. What was that all about? What did the old woman say? You would adjust your rucksack straps to stop them from chafing your shoulders. I got R- some. We're all, we're all durs, durs right now. <laughs> durs, my durs. durs, my, my durs. durs. My durs are raw. They're bloody. Runel looks at you and says, the woman claims that your friend was traveling with a Yeti. Oh, shit. He Carlos, found Yeti. you little fucking scam. You cheating on me with the Yeti? You stare at Runel in disbelief. But why not? You're here to find them. Maybe they found you this time. You head down the trail, not knowing quite what to expect. This old lady's just like, hey, he walked by with the Yeti. As you race down the path, you are, you see footprints that might have been left by a Yeti. Suddenly, it's very quiet. The birds have stopped singing. The only sound you hear is your footsteps and runels right behind you. You wonder why. It doesn't take long to find out. Around a turn in the path, you run smack into a band of creatures that can only be aiming an ancient bronze cannon at you. Oh, no. What? One the of them touches a light to the fuse. Oh, my. And this that... <laughs> what? Tell me this is the end. And that is the last thing you remember until you wake up in your own bed. It must have been the awesome triple decker with mustard, anchovies, and chocolate syrup. The end. What the fuck was that? Fuck, dude. Damn, we just God. got shot by an imaginary uh, regiment of Yeti cannon soldiers. What were they doing? I don't know, but it was a dream. What a book. Damn. Not it was a, all just the, a dream? The infamous dream ending. That's all right. Though. Oh, brother. I well, think the, I, the sandwich sounded pretty good. I'd eat it. <laughs> I think I want one of those right now. Uh, Well, damn. That was a good capper on this episode. Yeah. Okay. A little fun we, we got our just desserts. And Carlos, we never, <laughs> we never met up with Carlos. That was humbling. We were flying pretty high, winning two books. I wouldn't say we lost that one. You think that's the win? That's I mean, like, you, we woke up in a bed. We didn't die. It's true. We did not. It was die. a dream. Yeah. It was three for three, baby. You think every ending was a dream, or just no. that one? No. I mean, it says you die. It explicitly says that you die in, in a lot of the endings. Oh, well, shit. Well, we live. We're two for three. I well, we died. Why. Well, the cannons, I mean, they shot us with cannons. But it was a dream, dude. That's but if that's survive. a dream, what does the cannon mean? Or the phallic thing. I need to get yeah, oh, yeah, That's definitely. right. It's about uh, you're in love with your mother or something. Uh, well, <laughs> I think that this, that book was uh, weird. It was fine. This was fun. I had a fun time. Yeah, this was great. This may yeah. be our best episode. Uh, man, we have this last one here. I guess we'll hold off. It's just, we're just looking at it we're right now. We're just looking at it. Can we do it? Can we do it? Can you guys do it? Let's do it. If you choose to continue, keep listening. And if you choose not to, then turn your phone off. Then unsubscribe from our podcast, you fucking jerk. 
series we are going for the complete set this one is called journey under the sea yet again by r.a montgomery the king of choose your own adventure books the og that's right now enter the mysterious and beautiful world of atlantis you may become famous you might decide never to return to the earth world above or you may not get a chance to make that decision. Whatever happens, good luck. Famous in Atlantis? Hell yeah. Now that's fame. <laughs> if I can make it in Atlantis, I can make it anywhere. Yeah, because this is how the song goes. The, <laughs> <laughs> the, yeah. Uh, well, the ocean does compromise more area than land. Wow, very interesting fact. You are a deep sea explorer searching for the famed lost city of Atlantis. This is your most challenging and dangerous mission. Fear and excitement are now your companions. You think they call it Hot Lannis? Yeah, I do. Who's my, who are my companions? Fear and excitement. Are those strippers? It is morning. No, those, that's your uh, backup band. Oh, that's right. So we're a family band. <laughs> those are your boners. You got excitement on the drums. You would got you, fear playing bass. Would you say those are my boners? Yeah, you got a fear boner and an excitement boner. Perhaps. It is morning and the sun pushes up on the horizon. The sea is calm. You climb into the narrow pilot's compartment of the underwater vessel Seeker with your special gear. The crew of the research vessel Moray screws down the hatch clamps. Now begins to plunge into the depths of the ocean. The Seeker crew begins by lowering a strong but thin cable. Within minutes, you are so deep in the ocean that the little light filters down to you. The silence is eerie as the Seeker slips deeper and deeper. And we're just here out of the thick glass pothole. We're just plunging down. What choices could we make down here? Porthole and see strange white fish drifting past. Sometimes. I want to get out of the vehicle. Can I get the kind of swim? Stopping yeah. to look at you, an intruder from another world. What? Like the undersea world? No, like you are. We are the intruders. Oh, oh right, right, right. the cables have turned. The cable attaching you to the marae is extended to its limit. You've come to rest on a ledge near the canyon in the ocean floor. That ancient myth says leads to the lost city of Atlantis. This is just like what James Cameron did. Yeah. Like, actually, though. You have an experimental diving suit designed to protect you from the intense pressures of the deep. You should be able to leave the Seeker and explore the sea bottom. No way. The new yeah. suit contains a number of latest microprocessors. So this is a hella cool suit. This suit lets you walk around under the massive pressure of the ocean. This is a good time to let everyone know that this book was written in 1978. So the uh, latest microprocessors are probably pretty large. So he's this lugging, is a huge suit. Lugging around a huge IBM computer on his back. Wearing like a, a mech. <laughs> Whoa, I wish. Enabling a variety of useful functions. It even has built-in waterproof smart tablet. I hope it's with waterproof. With laser communicator. It's oh. like an iPad. Check it out. My under ocean suit is waterproof. You can cut loose from the cable. The seeker is self-propelled. You are now in another world. You think you get Candy Crush on that thing? Yeah, I bet. No, not back then. You get Pong. Remember, this is a dangerous world, an unknown world. As agreed, you signal the moray. All systems go. It's awesome down here. Jesus. Every we are <laughs> repulsive. Yeah, every we're book. awful nerds. Yeah. All right. Now we can either explore the ledge where the seeker has come to rest, or we can cut loose from the marae and dive with the seeker into the canyon and the ocean floor. Oh, let's dive, dude. Yeah. 
What am I? I'm not playing. We made it down here. Yeah. Let's fucking rip it. I'm not it. playing it safe. You know, deep dive. I'm playing. Deep I'm dive. playing for keeps. The Moray asks you for a more detailed status report, and you comply, telling them that Bye, you bitch. are going to cast off from the line and report descend. My ass. <laughs> <laughs> descend under your own power. Approval is given, and the seeker slips silently into the undersea canyon. As you drop into the canyon, you turn on the seeker's powerful searchlight. Straight ahead is a dark wall covered with a strange type of barnacle growth. To the left side, you see what appears to be a grotto. Oh, that sounds interesting. Well, now why is that down here? Can I land in the grotto? The entrance is perfectly round, as if it had been cut by human hands. Didn't grotto shoot first? Yeah, I believe so. While lanternfish give off a pale greenish light. In the original version, anyway. To the right. In the remake, Han shot grotto. In the remake, they shoot at the same time. No. Han shoots first. In the remake. No. Anyway, back to the grotto. You're wrong. That's proof is in the pudding, baby. Yeah, go back and fucking watch it. The proof is in the fucking pudding. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> go back and watch it. Good God. <laughs> White lantern fish gave off a pale greenish light. The underwater is it plays tricks on the mind. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> to the right side of the seeker, you see bubbles rising steadily from the floor of the canyon. Do we decide to investigate the bubbles or do we uh, investigate the grotto with the round entrance? Well, I certainly would like to see the grotto. Well, the grotto, yeah. Yeah. Bubbles are everywhere. It's the fucking it's ocean. It's the water dipshit. There's bubbles. Let's go to the grotto. They're probably my bubbles. Our bubbles. That's, it's my bubbles. Yeah, because, you know, you're walking around. You bubbles. pilot the seeker through the rounded entrance to the grotto. Ripping ass. Once inside, your searchlight picks Burp. up Picks up what appear to be docks and piers along the grotto walls. Oh, fuck. Sounds like Atlantis to me. Now, they have you... docks and piers down there. It's already underwater, those dipshits. The submarines. searchlight is Whatever. not very powerful. However, you do have a special laser light. Oh, wait, but Atlantis was above water and then sank. Oh. That, that makes sense. What are you, a historian? No. Which would light up the grotto like daylight. Unfortunately, the laser light can only be used twice for very short periods before it must be recharged aboard the Marais. That's fucking stupid. Now more than 2,000 feet above you on the surface. Do we want to use the laser light or just cruise further into the grotto? I mean, let's... What do you think? Mm. You can only use it twice. Let's cruise. Let's cruise. Let's go. Yeah, let's, let's, save fly, it. let's fly blind, baby. We don't cruise. need that light. Nah. Just squint. You'll see it. You cruise silently into the grotto. Its roof slopes upward, and you follow the slope. The depth finder shows that you are rising quite rapidly. Oh, dear. Perhaps you will reach the surface in open air. The roof of the grotto stops sloping upward. Before you is a perfectly round metallic hatch made of a metal that you have never seen before. Oh, shit. Weird metal. Who knows? How could you even tell that? With the mechanical arm of the seeker, you try to open the hatch. I don't no know. Luck. I don't know any metal when I see it. I'm like, that's metal. Activating an electronic pulse generator, you bombard the hatch with electronic pulses. They are not meant to be hostile. We want to blow the hatch open with an explosive charge. Damn, that seems harsh. Or continue transmitting radio communications through the hatch. Let's do radio. I don't want to like bust in like a, a But why are we ass. assuming anyone lives here? I mean, it's underwater. But even if nobody lives there, why the fuck are you blowing shit up down there? Yeah, it might collapse on us. Yeah, let's use the radio. Yeah, we're probe it a little. I'm timid. 
The radio transmissions seem to be failing, and you grow tired of sending signals through the closed door. All right. You're about to give up when the door suddenly swings open, revealing behind it a cavern with another door. What? You enter the cavern cautiously and receive a radio signal in English. It tells you that you are welcome here, but that once you enter this place, you may never return to the world above. Damn. It is up to you to decide. Them's the rules. We want to go investigate or retreat. Let's keep going. Fuck it. I don't like my life above. Yeah, this is way cooler. Yeah. You are greeted by a group of people who look like ordinary human beings, oh. except there are gill-like slits on their neck. Their bare feet have skin between the toes forming a web. Sexy. That's just some weird people. Little mermaid style. They Sounds order, like Georgia. They or- <laughs> Alabama. That's right. They, Swamp freaks. They order you to put on your dive suit, pull you quickly from the seeker, and lead you towards their city. On the way, they show you the zoo. Where there are animals from the world above the sea. Oh, fuck, better not be people in there. There is a glass-like cage surrounding them filled with air, allowing them to live below the sea. So, my young friend, the leader of the group says, you may have the gill slit operation and live like one of us. Ooh, no, thank you. Or you can refuse and join the other animals in the zoo. No, thank you to that either. What a uh, choice. Hmm. But if you have the gill slit operation, you will never be able to escape and return to the surface. Well, they seem pretty peaceful. Why do you need to escape? Yeah, wanna, let's get the operation. Have the operation or uh, go to the zoo. You know, we can't leave already. I don't want to be in the zoo. Yeah. Give me the operation. I want to see what this world's all about. Put a little Botox in there, too, while you're at it. Yeah, maybe, like, move the nose around. Yeah, my lips Straighten that thing out. Or collagen. A large white light shines down on you as you lie on the operating table. You become unconscious. Pleasant thoughts, sounds. Wouldn't that be crazy if we we died at the hand of like a bad surgeon? (laughs) And pictures occupy your mind. When you awake, you feel no pain nor any real change. But now you can breathe underwater and join the Atlanteans in their world. Cool. For several weeks, you explore the world under the sea as you have never seen it before. Fish? Without fish? <laughs> Another fish? Is that seaweed? Cool. Whoa. Is that kelp? Without the heavy oxygen equipment on your back, you feel a marvelous sense of energy and you glide through the world of beauty. Sounds sweet. I think we made the right call. Your two guides have become very good friends and they take you on adventures in the deep, exploring the ocean bottom. <laughs> wow, this is great. And getting to know the fish and other sea creatures. It is a very exciting life indeed. Okay. You like it, but uh, you regret that you will never again know the world above. Who needs it? That's wow. That's it. The end. Oh, cool. We started a new life under the sea. And you that. know what they say? Under the sea. They do. <laughs> I have heard that. Uh, well, that was satisfying. Uh, I feel good yeah. about it. That yeah. Was, uh, okay. Well, wow. We read four books. Four beautiful books, and we chose the most perfect paths. We did. That's more books than most people read in a year. That's right. We're better than most people. Uh. Well, I'd say that's a, a successful 20th episode, a successful celebration of us. Uh, and here's to 20 more. And then no more after that. 40. A cool 40. Well, as we'll be back next week with our our normal jumping around yeah. weird ebooks. Our normal worst podcast. We're going to do that again next week, the old worst stuff than this. Hey, yeah. thanks to Morris Reese for the music. Uh, and. Thanks to Chris Lindquist for some awesome new artwork. That's right. Brand new logo. Brand new logo. Thank you, Chris. You got are... our mugs on it. We look beautiful. You're a saint. We look so cool. 
and good yeah it's nice uh and uh if you want to hear more go to book club book club podcast.com recently redesigned by webmaster shane burklow uh and you can also find us on twitter and facebook and now instagram at amzn book club we're on there we're on it we're on the net find us on the net give us a like we're in the net watch our stories meet me on the net uh so that's it see you next week bye bye have a great life Thank you.